strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi, and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. And I'm Jen. And today's episode is about Holodomor, also known as the Ukrainian famine. Sure, let's do this. Okay. So Holodomor, meaning to kill by starvation, was a man-made famine in Soviet Ukraine in 1932 to 1933 that killed millions. It was part of the wider Soviet famine, which affected the major grain-producing areas of the country. You love a good climate change, like, farming problem. Like, you also did the Dust Bowl. You've got, yeah. like, you're big on, on the famines. Potato famine's next, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's on my list. <laughs> of course it's on your list, yeah. Come on. Am I that predictable? So during Holodomor... Millions of inhabitants of Ukraine, the majority of whom were originally from the country, died of starvation in a peacetime catastrophe unprecedented in the history of Ukraine. The pain of the famine comes not only from the unthinkable number of the dead, but many people believe that the causes were man-made and intentional, or referred to as a genocide. Historians say that Joseph Stalin wanted to starve into submission the rebellious Ukrainian peasantry and force them into group farming. Yeah, I mean, the Ukraine did not go quietly and never no. do. No. Let that be said. Historically, the Ukraine does not go quietly. They consistently put up a good fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were certainly a thorn in the side of the burgeoning communists. Absolutely. So at the height of 1932-33 Ukrainian famine, under Stalin, starving people roamed the countryside looking for scraps to eat. In the village called Savishi, a young peasant boy watched as the wanderers dug into empty gardens with their bare hands in hopes to find some type of food. Many were so emaciated that he remembered that their bodies began to swell and stink from the extreme lack of nutrients. What? Where were they getting their food from before? Was it all shipped in? It was their own food, but it was taken away from them. Right, because they were forced to grow specific kinds, mm-hmm. right? Okay. The Ukrainian famine had an estimated 3.9 million deaths. Unlike other famines in history caused by drought, this was caused when a dictator wanted to both replace Ukrainian small farms with state-run collectives and to also punish independent-minded Ukrainians that posed a threat to authority. These independent-minded resistors were referred to as the kulaks, peasants who, in the Soviet ideology, were considered enemies of the state. Soviet officials drove these people off their farms by force, and Stalin's secret police made plans to deport about 50,000 Ukrainian farm families to Siberia, which was written by a famous historian, Anne Applebaum, in her book about the famine. Entire villages were wiped out, and in some regions, the death rate was about one-third of the population. The Ukrainian countryside, home of the Black Earth, which is a rich black soil, some of the most fertile land in the world, was yeah. reduced to a silent wasteland. Cities and roads were littered with the corpses of those who had left their villages behind in search for food and who didn't make it. Collectivization in Ukraine didn't go very well either. It started in 1929 when Stalin wanted the country, with its fertile black soil, to be the breadbasket of the Soviet Union. He wanted to feed the important party officials and to export its grain abroad, his fund, in a vast industrialization projects. It was a disaster. So he wanted to essentially like, oh, hey, Ukraine. Um, so if you don't want to be part of our party, you can go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. And we're still going to take your land. We're going to take your land and we're going to grow food on it. We're not going to let you have any. We're going to feed 
all of the important high-level communist we're officials. we're going to make you work on it. And we're going to export the other part to make money mm-hmm. for the government yeah. and not feed you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Farmers were no longer paid for their produce, but instead working according to the ration system based on their productivity. It made them beholden to the party, which controlling their finances was able to control their lives and were unable to buy food and starvation took hold. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know... Try to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. Podcasts on? Yeah, podcast homecasts. Your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. From there, it only gets worse. Peaking around 1932 and 1933 when starvation really struck. I mean, you're in the medical field, right? The body consumes its stored glucose. The body then consumes its own fats and weakens drastically. And weakens drastically. So, I mean, eventually... The body then devours its own proteins. The body then devours its own brain. Cannibalizing tissues and muscles, and then eventually the skin becomes thin, and the legs and the belly swell as extreme imbalances leads to the body to retain water. Yeah, Basically, like all the electrolyte imbalances, mm-hmm. right. So imagine trying to work in those conditions. Yeah. People crawled into wheat fields to eat ears of wheat before dropping dead. They died from hunger in the act of eating. Children collapse and die during lessons in school. Mothers would take the bread from their children to feed their husbands. As one once said, I could always have more children, but she can only really ever have one husband. Oh, that's not fucking true. Uh-huh. Don't know what people were thinking at this time, but I'm pretty sure that starvation just makes you think of insane thoughts of survival. And but- granted, we have talked at length about the um, way that people didn't really give a shit about their kids. Mm-hmm. At that time, like, you just kept having them because so few of them actually survived. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't even before the famine. I'm sure it wasn't super uncommon that a child died. People were used to child death. Also, back then, you have so many. But you need a husband to work the land. Exactly. It's much harder to find a new one of uh, a new workhorse. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I have five children and a husband. It's okay if I take bread away from this child and give it to my husband because I have four other children and I can make more with my husband. Meanwhile... Today, please don't make me choose, but, you know. (laughs) Sorry, husband. Sorry. So uh, also, father strangled his own children rather than see them perish from starvation. Parents would put their children in deep holes and left them there. Communities had once been kind and welcoming, but now they have become mistrustful and extremely violent. Mobs tortured people, and in the end, people started to eat other people. I mean, we've also discussed... There are only a few types of cannibalism, and one of them is when, like, the resources are lacking. And this is definitely one of those cases where, you know, how do you look at a body that is, you know, pounds and pounds of meat that you probably haven't had meat in 
a very, very long time and watch it rot rather than consume it because mm-hmm. it is another human. It is, you know. I've, I don't know. I've never been in that, been put in that situation. I mean, and clearly. Like, Otherwise, there would be a, a, certainly a TV movie about you, Robin. I don't know. <laughs> it's Minimally. Wow. What I have a story to tell. It would not be on Hallmark Channel. Oh, I have one hundred percent guarantee. This would not be a this would not be a quilt covered. Oh, here here's a love story of a cannibalistic woman who falls for a man. <laughs> it has to be about Christmas or a holiday. Thanksgiving. Imagine. Is it a Thanksgiving story, Robin? Hannibal Lecter in a Hallmark Channel. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter in a Hallmark Channel movie about Thanksgiving. Uh, it's not a turkey this year. Little did they know what dinner really was. Dun dun dun. All right, sorry. I'm making jokes for serious moments. This is not funny. No, it's not. No, it's nothing not. here is funny. The idea, it is the it idea is, of choosing. I mean, of course, I would always give my children food before myself. But in the end, if I go, who would then provide for the children? So you kind of have to. Oof! What can I do in order that I'm okay? In order to make sure my children right, are okay. Right. You know? What are you gonna? And not just I'm that. sorry, husband, my future husband, but I will sacrifice you for my children. Sorry. It, I, I have to. Yeah. It's it's also I think that it's really hard to look back at history and you you think about the time when Russia became communist and became the USSR, mm-hmm. right? And they started to take over surrounding areas to become the USSR. And it's all of those Baltic and states, all those Eastern European nations were sovereign. And they were taken and then forced into these kinds of things. And it's mm-hmm. not just the story of Ukraine. I'm sure there are awful stories to be told about all those. I mean, there are – for Russia to become communist, millions upon millions upon millions of people died mm-hmm. to create the society that I mean, they at this had. point in the 1930s, you're talking about 3.9 million Ukrainians. 3.9 million in 1930. It's a large country, but it's like – it's what maybe four states large, three point nine million people. It's a lot died. of people. It's a lot of fucking people. I mean, I'm sure there were similar practices in a lot yeah. of other oh, areas. Of you know, it's it's abhorrent to think about. And it's the all position because of the Imagine if other areas had this black rich soil as well. It's like, oh, right. Now, so not only Ukraine, but I'm going right. to do Denmark. I'm going to do Poland. I'm going to you know all these other surrounding countries in the area just because they want that soil. Well, I mean, and not, it kills people not to the same degree in the slightest, but the whole idea during the Civil War in America was that, you know, they desired southern states because mm-hmm. of their soil mm-hmm. and what they could produce and grow there that could be exported and sold. Land is always valuable based on what it can provide. Land is always important, yeah. Right. And the the thing that's shitty about this is that the people that were made to work those fields – were not at least minimally taken care of. Mm-mm. And that's, I mean, just human dignity. Mm-hmm. It's a human rights issue. It's it's just to to feed the people who are making the food. Exactly. It isn't, yeah. I'm not asking you to make them all weigh 300 pounds, but to but minimally- at least give them some protein to work throughout the day. Right. Like the idea of collectivism, right? And mm-hmm. the whole idea of communism was that, you know, everyone works for the greater good, but- it just never seems to work that way when you like, look back at history. Some people here have entire wheat fields, but they lack the ingredients to make bread. Exactly. Why because if you give you them just, all the pieces, yeah. then they can actually eat. Yeah. But I'm if like, you keep it all separate. Give me the other ingredients so I can take some of this. But no, I, but I can't because this is technically part of product, productivity. 
and I'm irrational now. And if I don't produce enough, or if I do produce enough and I take some for myself, I might be punished for it. I might be taken, some, something might happen. You might come by and arrest me. And if you arrest me, then I'm in prison. Now who's going to run my farm? It just is a, a government giant worker circle. It's just a giant to take circle. care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> that is a, I'm not even really sure exactly how hard we sidetracked there, but. Sorry. Sorry, Robin. You know I have a lot of thoughts about communism. So. I know. So. They pleaded to their government above the man that was actually responsible, and one person wrote in a letter, Honorable Conrad Stalin, is there a Soviet government law stating that villagers should go hungry? Because we, collective farm workers, have not had a slice of bread in our farm since January 1st. How can we build a socialist people's economy when we are condemned to starving to death as the harvest is still four months away? What did we die for on the battlefields? To go hungry? to see our children die in pangs of hunger. Yeah. But they were asking for help from the wrong man because it was a combination of a failed policy and brutality that caused the genocide during these few years. The people began to resist, and they began hiding food anywhere they could. This angered Stalin, who saw that these desperate measures as acts of rebellion and sabotage. Stalin ordered his men to ransack the homes and take all the food, livestock, etc., leaving nothing edible behind. The Ukrainians resorted to desperate means as they consumed flowers, leaves, tree bark, and roots, and even their pets. One woman who found some dried beans was so hungry that she ate them on the spot without cooking them and somehow died when they expanded in her stomach. Ugh. Not sure exactly how. I never heard of that before, but I'm pretty sure that. I mean, that's like, um, so they always say that, like, you shouldn't throw a rice at a wedding. Yeah, right. Because the because birds eat it and then it expands. It expands. So, I mean, I guess it's possible in a human, too, especially if you consider how shrunken her the stomach, stomach is. of a starving person mm-hmm. probably is. And if she did perforate her stomach, it would be a, a very painful and quick death. So, as Ukrainians die, the Soviet secret police began to repress all manners of the Ukrainian language. Stalin arrested about tens of thousands of Ukrainian teachers and other intellectuals and removed Ukrainian language books from schools and libraries. Stalin used a grain shortfall as an excuse for more intense anti-Ukrainian repression. As the famine got worse, many tried to flee in search of places for food. Some people died on the roadside, while others were stopped by secret police and the regime's system of internal passports. Local citizens and officials pleaded for relief from the state. Refugees fled to other villages and searched for food in the cities that was beyond the borders of the Ukrainian Soviet Republic. By the summer of 1933, some of the collective farms had only about a third of their households left. Prisons and labor camps were filled, meaning that there weren't many people left that could tend to the farms and raise their crops. Stalin's regimes resettled Russians from other parts of the Soviet Union to Ukraine to help with labor shortages. Just like you mentioned before, you hire right. government officials. They did send people, uh, their right. own people, to handle the shortage. I mean, there's always more people, mm-hmm. right? Especially, like, coming from major cities mm-hmm. where people are overpopulated as it is. And they're like, oh, well, this farmer died because he starved to death because I wasn't feeding him. We'll send old old Barney from Unit 726 in, like, the high-rise. If you've ever seen some of those insane, insane multiplexes of apartments from that era it's crazy Mm -hmm. just sitting there so the russian government that replaced the soviet union has acknowledged that the famine did take place in ukraine but they denied that it was ever genocide as genocide is defined as any of the following acts committed with intent to destroy in whole or in part a national ethnic racial or religious group 
So to them, this was not genocide. I mean, I so you can see, mm-hmm. granted, yeah. I, I'm just going to say this right now. I do not agree at all with this, um, the way that they ran this particular mm-hmm. uh, campaign. And I would agree with them up until the suppression of language. And once you reach a point where not only are people dying um, left and right. But now you remove the language. You're losing Mm -hmm. huge percentages of a population of an entire cultural group, Mm -hmm. regardless if they have a nation's border or not. If you're losing large chunks. Schools, teachers, intellectuals, books. If you take those items away, then... Then it's and those people are dying. Ethical, then it is a whole part. Yeah. Then you are committing genocide. Absolutely. So if it's a failed policy, right? That the way that they've set up the collectivization of the farms isn't working, and they failed to notice it in time, you can, I mean, not understand, but you can see how that isn't really considered to be a genocide. Yeah. If it once if they you, didn't touch the language, once you take the opportunity to really take away the thing that makes a group of people who they are. Their actual culture, their language, and national thing. Then yeah, you so. are then committing you are, genocide. Then, then it's the definition. Right. The definition You're, that they said. They're like, oh, well, it's not genocide because ge- genocide in terms means oh, this. Well, oh, well, <laughs> if you think about it. <laughs> See, when you tell them they can't speak their language yeah. and you take their food and you kill a third of their people, you're in a different place. And now you're committing genocide. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. In April of 2008, Russia's lower house of parliament passed a resolution stating that there is no historical proof that the famine was organized along ethnic lines. At least 16 countries have recognized the famine, and most recently in the U.S. Senate in 2018 resolutions, affirmed that the findings of the 1988 commission that Stalin had committed genocide. It, great. You want their land because it's worth something to you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And now if they're part of your USSR and they're going to be a part of this collective system, then you're going to use that area for what it's good for, right? Like if you have factories in one area, you're going to use those factories for what they're good for. And in the farming areas, and that's fine. But when you don't feed the people. Take care of your people. And then you take away their language mm-hmm. while millions are dying, that's a genocide. And if they try to Because you feed- think that they're going to uprise against you. I know. And then now you're also saying that at this point they're desperate, so now they're hiding food. It's illegal to them for people to hide food. I'm hiding this piece of bread so my family can eat. So people ransacked their houses, found all of these hidden foods. Now you're put in jail. And now the man of the house cannot tend to the to the farm. So the wife and children go hungry. Lose their house. Get deported. It's a horrifying story. It's a horrifying story, and I know that it goes much deeper. Much deeper. So if you have hated the story and your feelings (laughs) are hurt, but you just can't help yourself and you want to know more, look up more and write to us. We would love to talk to you about it. Absolutely. So that is the story of Holodomor, the Ukrainian famine, just another notorious narrative. If you enjoy our episodes, you can also go to patreon.com slash notorious narratives, where you can access exclusive content. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to be notified when a new episode is available. Keep it weird. And-